If it's Tuesday, it must be Drunk Sports. I'm Jonathan Levy. That's Grant Dennison. This is the show where Grant gets progressively drunker while we talk sports. It's a good time for sure. He's about to crack open number three. Yep. Started uh, started hitting the ground running in, <laughs> in episode two, I suppose. Episode one, I started at a standstill. Yeah. People prefer Drunk Grant, I suppose. I, I think everyone does. We don't like Sober Grant really in any any environment or any situation. That's great. Thank you. Really yeah. appreciate that. Just, you know, a little honesty, So a little we're going to talk telling. a lot of sports. I'm going to get progressively drunker. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You guys are going to like it or we're, your money back. Yeah, for sure. Your yeah. money back. We uh, split the show into four quarters. So Grant will actually drink in between quarters while we're off the air to get him even drunker as we go along. And here's some of the topics we're going to cover this week on Drunk Sports. We're going to talk NFL and NBA mainly. We've got things like Antonio Brown and his uh, new deal, potentially. Drew Brees, best NFL additions, worst NFL additions, NBA coaching changes, Russell Westbrook, Tony Romo, and Reggie Bush. All those things. I refuse to talk Tony Romo. Well, that's great to hear because he's the first topic up here in right. quarter number one at Headliners. Is it about how there's that picture and he looks fat? Yes, it is. Um, Thoughts? I, I think it could just be an angle thing. An you know? angle thing? I think that's what a lot of fat people say when pictures are taken, <laughs> though. <laughs> I think he was wearing the wrong shirt that day, you know? I mean, I will admit sometimes I bought – I was at a party on Saturday, and I had to buy a, a shirt with an animal on it. So I went to Sears because I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> I was at that party. Yeah, we're getting pretty personal here. And uh, I found a shirt with a wolf on it, so I thought, this is good. And it, they only had one of them, and it was extra large, and it was only $10, so I bought it. And uh, I looked – you know, if I just wore that, even though I am – I would say a relatively thin person. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it doesn't make up for your face, though. Yeah, okay. I wasn't going <laughs> making that point. The point is, I looked like an overweight person in that shirt anyway. So you're saying like Tony Romo was wearing some sort of uh, okay. Tony Romo might be fat, fat right suit. now. Tony you, Romo is all right. Here's the let's let's uh, relate this to sports and not TMZ style. Okay, is this truly going to affect his game a lot? Well, do you think the NFL season starts in September, so we're about a month away. Preseason games are going to start. I assume they're going to work him really hard, right? He's going to get conditioned and stuff. Yeah, in preseason. I assume. So it shouldn't be a big. I deal, mean, Roethlisberger right? makes it work. <laughs> Roethlisberger's whole game, though, is being a big guy who doesn't fall down. Romo's game is like, "Don't touch me because I break." He does break, but maybe now he has a lot of padding and he won't break anymore. Maybe it's actually ah, strategic. You maybe. know, it's like get, he's trying to get fat enough that there's actually fat on top of his collarbone. <laughs> He did break it twice last season. Yeah, and he broke it maybe five or six years ago, too. It's oh, God. Not, God, I can't imagine how painful that must be. Do you, do you think the second break last season was a lot worse than the first, or do you think it was the same? I don't know why we're going down this path. I'm just wondering, imagine, I don't even want to imagine that. Let's just talk for a second about <laughs> no, it. No, <laughs> I refuse. I think they were both awful. Yeah, I think it's pretty horrible. So, I, yeah, I don't think it's actually going to affect Tony Romo's Do you passing. think it affects Ezekiel Elliott? I don't think it affects anything, do you? No, probably right. not. I think it's fine. I mean, he's he was once a mobile quarterback. I think he's probably a bit too old for being that guy anymore. Wait, what just happened there? He was a mobile quarterback when exactly? When he first got in the league, when he was first a starter. He was somewhat mobile. I don't know what you're talking about. All I remember is him in the playoff game getting the snap for the extra point to win the game because they had just tied it up, and the snap was bad, and he tried to run it in and got tackled at the quarter-yard line and didn't get in. That and doesn't mo- mean he wasn't fast. A mobile quarterback would have gotten in. the other guy was in. faster. Michael Vick would have gotten in. Michael Vick is the fastest quarterback in the history of the NFL. He would have gotten in. <laughs> He's yes. mobile. Yes, he would have. Yes, he Tom would Brady have. wouldn't have. All right. That's Tom all Brady I'm can't run four feet. Wow. He can run exactly four feet. He's really good at the QB sneak. You just said he can't run four feet, and then you just said he could run. I four meant feet. more than four feet. You're Sorry. already drunk. No, I'm not. All right, let's move on. Okay. Not a lot really into mine with the Tony Romo fat story. I guess just as a funny picture. All right, let's move to the uh, NBA for a second. We'll come back to the NFL. 
before we end quarter number one. Russell Westbrook, who we talked about on our original first ever drunk sh- sports so show. So long ago. Yeah, two weeks so, ago. So long ago. It does feel longer, though. I'll be honest. It feels like we've been doing this show for a while already. Well, now that we make millions of dollars from the show, it feels weird, you know, that that was when we weren't it's making true. any it's money from the show. When we were nobodies, we had, only, we had zero followers on Twitter instead of our current four followers on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are uh, at Pod Drunk Sports, by the way. If you have any suggestions for the show or any feedback at all, that'd be great. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. Yeah. Um, also, suggestions specifically for, like, Let the Drunk Fix It, which is, of course, always our quarter number four. Any sports dilemmas you want to throw at Grant? We did get uh, a, a suggestion or two, but I felt they are uh, not really appropriate for you. I didn't think you'd be able to answer them. Grant, of course, does no research for this show. That's part of the, the no. concept. No, this is <laughs> the it, premise. I just, I'm the only one who's guaranteed to have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. I have to do all this work. Like, I create the show. Grant just shows up and drinks and Yeah, but talks. I'm the reason that people come to watch this show. Listen to the show. Are you? Yeah. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook. So Okay. So because of some of the moves they made, including uh, letting Deion Waiters go, the Thunder now can sign Russell Westbrook today to a four-year extension, or I guess a three-year extension, but it would ultimately be for four years at max money. And it would essentially be as much or more money than he would make if he waited a year on, a per, on an annual value kind of a thing. So now what it sets up is an interesting sort of dynamic where if Russell can sign right now and chooses not to, the Thunder may feel forced to trade him. Thoughts? I think that would be their best course of action, most likely. If they, if he's not going to sign, you mean? Yeah, if he's not going to sign, the, I think the 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 question first should be, how likely is he to do it? And I guess we don't know, but the answer lies in how much he cares about championships. Is he going to go championship hunting like Durant did? Right. Or is he interested in both the fan loyalty and the OKC culture and the money that he gets from being in OKC? Obviously, he's going to be rich either way. Yes. So that's not really a big deal categorically, but people care about how rich they get, obviously. Sure. So that may affect his decision. I don't know. Do you think he's really like tied to OKC? I know he was drafted by them, and he's been there his whole career. Do you think he's the type of player who has such loyalty to a team that he would do that even if he felt like he couldn't win a championship? It's a good question. I don't know Russell Westbrook at all, so I don't think it's fair for me to guess what's in his head. But That's my what answer, we're doing. We're guessing. But, but my answer is no. I don't think he is a guy who would stick around just to stick around. There's always been rumors about him wanting to go back to L.A. and play for the Lakers. It doesn't sound crazy to me at all. He's, you know, He went to UCLA. We did discuss that in Drunk Sports 1, didn't we? I think we yeah, did. The potential for him to be on the Lakers in the year 2017. Yes, yes. But maybe in the, maybe the year 2016 is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, maybe now. now. Yeah. So maybe the question is, if you're OKC, how long do you wait? Let's say he's not really being responsive, but he hasn't said, I absolutely won't sign. How long do you wait before you trade him? Do you, like, do you wait till the trade deadline? Do you trade him before the season starts? What do you do? The, that's, that's rough. I think you'd try to do it before the season starts because he has a play style that gets him injured. If you saw that hole in his head last year, you know what I'm talking about. He, do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't. Oh man, how do you not remember that? He got he he like hit his head and there was a a, a dent that you could see in really? his head, like in his skull. I assumed you were saying some weird drunken thing. This no, 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 no. It really happened. Okay. Yeah, and it's because his play style is pretty crazy downhill play style. So he's a player who is maybe he's not his body isn't necessarily a type that gets injured a lot, but his play style is a type that get, gets injured a lot. So. His okay. trade value would certainly go way down if he was injured, right? Especially since he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, assuming yeah. he doesn't sign an extension with whoever he gets traded to. Yeah. 
I mean, the other thing is, again, if maybe if he gets traded to the Lakers specifically and they sign him to an extension or any team he signs an extension, it's different. But if he's not going to sign an extension, then it seems like you have to trade him before the season starts because that way the team gets the full season with him instead of just yeah. the last two and a half months of the season. You're worried about chemistry issues and everyone fitting together since he is, as I think we talked about in the first episode, also like an uh, the sun that everything has to sort of orbit around offensively. Right. It's hard to imagine a team that's like, we just need that one last piece, and that piece has to be our best player and most important player. So I guess yeah. that might not work out so well. It's not like the Spurs are going to trade for him at the trade deadline, you know? No, I don't think so. There might be a team. No, it's hard to come up with a team that's actually good enough, but Maybe that would like, actually put him over the top. What if, okay, what if the Bucks? at the trade deadline are, like, at a, at a 600 record? Yeah. And... They feel like if they could somehow get like a Michael Carter Williams out of their package that involved getting Russell Westbrook, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Carter Williams, and like all the Golden Fort Knox, maybe. Michael, yeah, he has like no value. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like replace Michael Carter Williams with Russell Westbrook yeah. somehow in the Bucks. Maybe they have to give well, up Middleton also. I know you've been drinking a lot, but these days Giannis at to Kumbuko is the. The Greek freak is actually the starting point guard for the Bucks, and right. I think he's going to remain that way. Westbrook can play off the ball. He can, but part of his whole thing is that he dominates the ball, and that's what's one of the things that makes him great. Okay, fine. I'm just so saying. maybe the Bucks aren't a great example. Maybe they're not. Okay. I was trying to think of a team that's like they were kind of bad last year, but may, it, there yeah. is world. There are worlds where they are kind of good this year, and they need that piece. There's very few teams. I think you add Russell Westbrook, and they go from not championship contention to championship contention. Maybe the Spurs are the team. Actually, who's their point guard? It's Tony Parker. He's old. He's not as good as he used to be. Maybe if it's anyone, it's the Spurs. But, but I think Westbrook blows up that system. I mean, it would seem to be the case. I will not deny that. But I'm boy, sure that's that's a crazy it. amount of talent. Like they become a true championship contender if he joins the team and they don't have to give Are up. Are they a lot. not a true championship contender right now? Is anyone a true championship contender? Besides I guess Golden State is Golden just, State and maybe Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland. That's it, right? Yeah, I suppose. What about Boston? What about Boston? Like, what if you put Westbrook on Boston? It's not enough. It's not enough. You don't think? I don't. I don't know if they get by Cleveland, let alone. Put a scare in a Golden State. That's true. LeBron James is pretty good at the basketball. I mean, they won 48 games last year. They added Al Horford. That's good. That gets them like 52 or 53 wins, probably. You add Westbrook, you get to like 57, 58. But they might, they might be able to. Maybe they can get past Cleveland. But I think even if the the Warriors have a bad series or like a major player gets hurt on the Warriors, they still beat the Celt- that Westbrook led Celtics team almost always. Yeah, I suppose you're right. There's just it's just a weird year because according to the Vegas odds right now, the Celtics are the team that has the fourth most best likelihood to actually win the NBA title, and they have no chance to win the NBA title. Yeah, it's a very polarized year, if you will. It's like Spurs, Cleveland, Golden State, and it's pretty much all Golden State. So there you have it. All yeah, right. I suppose. Moving on, our last topic here on quarter number one. Reggie Bush has signed with the team. It is the, do you know? Yeah, I used to know, but I forgot. Okay, well, that happens when you, you're down. What are we drinking? It's the same as every week. Stop but asking. I never remember. It's Firestone Walker Easy Jack IPA. Okay, wow, there's a lot of names. Uh, he signed with the Buffalo Bills. Right, he did. Okay, so that means Carlos Williams is pretty much axed, right? Uh, yeah, he's not part of the plans, I don't think. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, he got fat, and then he got suspended for the first four games. Also, LaShawn McCoy is their main running back. Yeah, but he's right? uh, he's getting to that carry load where he's going to get hurt soon, kind of. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he got hurt last year. I mean, anyway. obviously, Reggie Bush is already torn his ACL and had a lot of issues. A lot of so. issues, but he's been around for a long time yeah. now, too. A really long time. But how many years do you think he's been late? Like eight, nine, ten, something like that, right? Do you think Reggie Bush will be like how many downs do you think Reggie Bush will be playing a game? Uh, I think he will get something like fifteen snaps a game, maybe twenty. 
depending on how healthy he is and how healthy LaShawn is. All the, all the third and longs? You think they put in Reggie Bush? Yeah, they may also play them both sometimes. Yeah. You can pass to either guy. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not a terrible idea. Also, you can play Bush at other positions a little bit. Like, you can um, put him out wide and be wide receiver. Do you think he can still kick return, or is, is that past? I think that time is past. Probably. It seems a bad idea, even if he can. Like, one good shot, and he's just done, right? Yeah, but he's not that valuable to the team at this Ouch. point. <laughs> I mean, was, was Reggie Bush ever really valuable to any team? He was, he was like, good on the Saints. He was, he was okay on the Saints, but remember, they replaced him easily, right yeah. away. Yeah, like he was gone, and they just like, oh, we have another guy who can catch passes now. His name is Darren Sproles. It was nothing. Yeah, he was good on the. Uh, he was okay on the Dolphins. He was pretty good on the Lions, but he's never been anything more than like a slightly above average, replaceable kind of running back, right? Ultimately, yeah, I I don't know if he's. I wouldn't say he's replaceable. I think he has some skills that are very special, kind of Michael Vick like, you know. I mean, he did. I don't know if he still does. Yeah, yeah. He okay. did, at least when he came out of college, he did. Yeah. So he had certain skills that were very special. He was a very, very good kick and punt returner. That's for sure. There was an uproar that he went number two instead of number one in, in Texas because the Texans took Mario Williams instead of Reggie Bush. Oh, here we go. That's another one. That's number four? Number four. Great. Which Let's is get, not Reggie Bush's number. Let's get him down the gullet. Yeah, the thing about Reggie Bush that is kind of unclear is that he's always relied on his speed and agility. as th- Those are his main assets. He's not a tackle breaker, right? Not really. He's actually gotten stronger as the years have gone on. But, yeah, you're right. But compared to other NFL running backs, sure. not that strong. Yeah. He's strong, not DeMarco Murray. Stronger than me, not stronger than the average NFL running back. Okay, um, yeah. That's a pretty big golf, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, but so his age is getting up there, especially for a running back. He's had a lot of mileage. He's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Can he still be effective the way that he's used to being effective, which is cutting quickly and being faster than other people? Is he still going to be that? What percentile all-time running back is Reggie Reggie, uh, what's his face here? Reggie Bush. Reggie, you forgot the exact guy. I was, was going to say Reggie back. White. I was going to say Reggie White. I'm the guy who's drinking, right? I'm not sure. It's confusing. Yeah. It's confusing to everyone. So if we think like if 50% means, you know, you're just like an average all, of all the running backs who ever played, you're, you're do you an average Do you mean even guy. rookies who were drafted and never play a down? Or what do you, like, uh, No, we... let's say guys who've actually like played a little bit at least. You know? Okay, so a guy who had at least eight games where he played a down or two. Even more than that. Like, you know, legitimate NFL running back guys. Guys who maybe started at least a few games in their career. I'd say he's around 60th percentile. Okay. So, like, a slightly above average. Maybe all the guys who remain stars, yeah. Like, slightly better than your average running back starter first Yeah, I think, you know, I think something for Reggie Bush is he came out of college at the wrong time. I think if he came out of college three years ago, maybe he's a superstar because hmm. of the way offenses are run now. So pass-heavy. He's He has really great hands, and he's really good in the passing game. Obviously, we saw that with the Saints, and they did use him well in that. But I think he would be an even bigger part of an offense now if he went to the right offense, saying saying he came out about three years ago. I mean, I got to say, if he was ever on the Patriots, it seems like he'd be Tom Brady's favorite player ever. Yeah, like, know? so Deion Lewis did so well, right? Yeah. So Reggie Bush was a better version of that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for so sure. I, I think he probably missed his opportunity to be a superstar in the NFL by just being in the wrong era. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree with you. Like, being a superstar in the NFL, like... Now they give running backs less carries than they used to. They're more. They're more um, running they back by more, committees. But they love the passing downs running backs. But he had Drew Brees, and Drew Brees threw threw to him all the time anyway. That's true. So That's he true. got but, all but that. that. He had like two good, really, I think, really good seasons with the Saints. He had no. I think you're overstating it. I think he had two pretty good seasons with the Saints. He was never really the number one guy until he went to Miami, and then he was. Then he actually had some above average years. Did he have 100 catches with the Saints? Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. But he would like not really ever run the ball. He would just essentially catch the ball yeah. out of the backfield. 
Yeah, he's more of a receiver than a running back, really. Yeah, he just like is small, and so they put him back there. And you yeah. know, in, in college at USC, he could run the ball because he was so fast; it didn't matter. He has incredible highlights from college. Indeed, those, uh, those are really good. All right, I feel like we're uh, we're done with quarter number one. We'll yeah. take a break. We'll get Grant a little bit drunker. We'll come back and get into some NFL and NBA. It's quarter number two. We're going to get into best case, worst case, which is what we do in quarter number two, at least these days. Number five? Correct. All right. Cinco. Cinco de Mayo. No, um, that already passed. Okay. But you it drink, is currently people drink, August. People drink beers on Cinco de Mayo, though. They do. So, you know, close enough. All right. We're going to get into some NFL free agency talk here with best case, worst case. A little, little teaser, though, for people. For quarter number three, we're going to be talking NBA coaching changes in quarter number three with who done good, who fucked up. But let's talk about some of these NFL additions. You ready? Sounds, I, I'm really ready. Good to hear. All right. So I'm going to give you some people who change teams. And you're going to give me their best case, worst case scenarios. Some of these guys, um, I would say the pundits, NFL pundits, have, think they're really I think great it's additions. Pundits. You're Is that saying, true? You're adding an N? I've always added that N my entire <laughs> that's life. Not, that's not how you say it. Pundits. Yeah. Wow. No yeah. one's ever corrected me, which is well, very sad. Well, you're lucky that I'm here then. Yeah. Because you you sound like a dummy. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Thanks to you. You are Thanks saved. To the drunk guy. You are saved. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, some of these guys are considered by the pundits to be uh, the best signings. And some of them are considered to be the worst signings. So let's get into it here. And I'll try not to uh, go too morbid with it like episode one. Yeah, we're not doing people are going <laughs> to die. We're doing on the football field and things like that. Okay. So Ryan Clady, you know who that is? Uh, Clady? Is it sure. Clady? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Clady. So he was the uh, offensive lineman, uh, left tackle for the Broncos for all those years. Often mm-hmm. considered to be one of the best players in the league. Right. He joined the Jets. Okay. So thoughts on that? Best case, worst case? Ryan uh, fighting the Jets. Best case is Ryan Fitzpatrick had a really good year last year. He did. And now, am I spoiling stuff by talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, he had a really good year last year, his best year of his career. I think that's probably true, right? Yeah, let's yeah. go with that. Maybe maybe his second best. Who and cares? It, and enough. maybe now he has this great offensive line. Maybe this actually makes it a great offensive line. And maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick has always been really good. Wow. And now we get to see it. <laughs> so, wait. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in the league something like seven, eight, nine years, and he had like one semi-good year until this last year. This is best case, worst, worst case, right? Yes. So, I'm supposed to be hyperbolic? Okay. You got it. Worst case, then? Uh, worst case is for for the Jets to sign this guy, you mean? They just way, yeah. they way overpaid for him, and he's nothing special, and it just happened to be a Peyton Manning offense thing. All right. Great. Moving on. Martellus Bennett joined the, do you know? The New England Patriots. Yes, he did. I know because I'm a Bears fan and you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, that's right. This yeah. is like a lot of cross-pollination here. So uh, best case, worst case, Martellus Bennett on the Pats. I think best case is Aaron Hernandez. I mean, not the murder and stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Hernandez is like, that's the best part of me. <laughs> yeah, he's a, Aaron Hernandez is honestly, he's like a top 10 murderer. He's a great murderer. <laughs> really good at it. But I mean, Aaron Hernandez that year that Gronk and Aaron Hernandez were both really good tight ends. Sure. I mean, um, really good. They were probably the two best and, tight ends you know, in the league. It's, it is very, it makes the, the Patriots offense, I mean, which was already interesting. It's as a really interesting element. I mean, I think they're both 6'6", him and Gronk. Bennett and Gronk are both 6'6", like 275 each, and they can both get up and get the ball. Yeah. It's good. And Brady has the best QB sneak in the league. Yep. How does anybody stop that in the red zone now? I, I think that's an unstoppable red zone thing. Well, I hope you're right. I'll say that. Worst so that's, case. That's best case. Yeah. Worst case is that he gets in kind of a little battle with Gronk because he's always been the number number one tight end on yeah. everything that he's been on. He knows that Gronk's better probably, but he doesn't want to admit it to himself, and it becomes a locker room problem. 
Interesting. That's a great job with the worst case there. I Thank wouldn't have you. thought of that. You who follow the, the Bears and him, you know. All right, I got a good one for you here. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans made a quarterback signing. You know who it was? Yeah, Brock Osweiler. That's right. They gave him like six years, $72 million, give or take. I think that was a huge fucking mistake. Seems like it. I don't It may have been five years. It was some amazing amount of money anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, you think it's a huge mistake. So, why don't we start with worst case? Worst case, he's Tim Couch or whoever you want to throw in there as a bad quarterback, and he just does nothing. He's he's no better than Case Keenum. He's, it's, it's not fair to say. I mean, he played last year and didn't play absolutely horribly. Yeah, but he's in this off offense that's like super awesome. He has everything for him. Yeah, it's that's true. Easy to succeed in that offense unless you're Peyton Manning last oh, year. Oh, wait. Oh, you're talking about – I think the offense he's in is pretty good, though, now Oh, as yeah, well. it is, especially since uh, we're probably going to talk about the it's other fine. guy, too. No, it's okay. Lamar Miller got signed there. And, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the NFL for sure. And he's young. He's probably getting better still. Well, I think I think worst case is Osweiler just ends up being just a dud, you know, just yeah. like replacement level at best. You Can know? you imagine? Which I think – because he's, he's unproven. He had a couple nice throws, but he's completely unproven. I mean, they did bench him for a terrible Peyton Manning last year. Yes, so they did. But that was – you know, there's other factors in there, to be fair. I mean, I mean they were still trying to win the title. Who? I mean, Peyton Manning is one of the least likely guys to get benched in the NFL ever. And yet he did get benched. He did, not because Brock Osweiler was so good. <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. the reason he got benched. That is true. You're right. So what do you think is the percentage that some version of that worst-case scenario happens for Brock Osweiler? 60 to 70. Wow. That's yeah. really high and doesn't sound wrong. Okay. I, I feel like he's just not special. Best case? Best case is I'm totally wrong, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> okay. And uh, he is very good. He's like a top 10 quarterback in the league. And that offense just hums along perfectly because he can see over the line because he's six foot eight and he can hit Lamar Miller on the crossing routes perfectly. DeAndre's going deep. He's got a big arm. He hits him all the time. His accuracy is great. He has 38 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. <laughs> nice. So let's say he's that guy. Uh, what is the median outcome for the Texans if he's that guy? Like if they uh, ran did, the season ten thousand times, well, what happens? Well, there's most a, there's of the time? a lot of other issues involved. I guess if you're running it ten thousand times, we're gonna have to do the EV on JJ Watt's injury because JJ Watt is injured. Okay, and is may not be fully right for game one. And who knows about the whole season? Really, it's kind of sounds the way Andrew Luck sounded last year. Hmm. That did not work out well. No, when he was kind of injured in the summer and turned out it was like, oh, he's chronically injured and it's bad. It was, it, he was horrible. All and last J.J. Year. Watt is, in my opinion, the best player in the NFL. We'll never win the MVP. Side rant. I don't think the MVP <laughs> is a good award in the NFL because it will always be a quarterback if you're being honest with yourself, right? The most valuable player on a team is always the quarterback just because of the way the position is played. It seems to be the, the So case. I think it's fine in the NBA and other sports, but in the NFL... It cannot be the MVP. I think it should be the MEP, most excellent player, because I think J.J. Huh. Watt deserved that at least one or two times in his career. Oh, I kind of like that, the MEP. Where would you hear that? I made it up. Just now? No, like one or two years ago. But still, you remembered it in your drunken state. <laughs> Semi. This is only beer number five. All right, you're right. I know. Grant is I, a... I do, I do, a lot of I do truly believe that the NFL needs to change that because how it's so hard for any position besides quarterback to win the MVP. Yeah, I mean, we do see it once in a while. Adrian Peterson won the MVP a few years yeah, ago, right? Yeah. But it's but it's, if it isn't a quarterback, it's another offensive skill position as they that like JJ to call Watt them. season what twenty fourteen season whatever it was where he was just yeah he, and he had no chance to win the MVP. I mean, he got a couple of votes, but he I think he finished in the top three, maybe yeah, but he second, had, but, but he didn't have a real chance. It right? seemed unlikely. And he clearly should have won it. Everyone in the world thought he was the best player. He's in the, the best NFL player alive yeah. that year, right? Yes. All right, we gonna do a few others quickly. Okay. Uh, Josh Norman. The best cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the league at least, left the Carolina Panthers and joined the Washington. We will not say their last names because we're not going to be racist on this show. 
That's correct. Um, right. The Washington Patriarchs. You just probably upset a, a few people. That's, but okay. that's fine. Don't listen Fuck to the show those people we anyway. Don't we don't Fuck care. You. Get away. We're gonna fight for the name. It's not our problem. Uh, we're not saying it. We think it's racist. Okay. So um, he joined the Washingtons. What do you think? Best case, worst case. Well, I, I'm actually I don't want to go right into that. I want to ask yeah. if you know any more about why Carolina wasn't willing to to send him good offers or offers that he wanted because I'm confused by that still. Yeah, it was very strange, wasn't it? Uh, basically, it seemed like the general manager just decided, well, we don't want to pay him like he's a superstar. We, you know, we're tr- and, like was trying to like negotiate with him, which really you really don't do with the superstars. You just pay him a lot of money, and if you negotiate with them, you give in a lot. That's what everybody does. You know, actually, not everyone. We're going to talk about some of those guys who are still in play uh, a little bit later on in the show. That's a teaser, by the way. Um, so. I don't know. I, it seemed like the, the Carolina Panthers GM just decided, forget it. He's a free agent, which you just would never see anyone do who's in their right mind. Why would, like Give yourself as much time as possible since they cut him loose and got nothing for him. He's one of the most valuable properties in the NFL. He's a young, excellent cornerback. And by the way, your team went to the Super Bowl built on defense. Like Cam was good. I know that. But Cam wasn't much better than he was in earlier years. The defense was the thing that was really different for the Panthers. Yep, I can agree with that. So it is confusing. Okay, so best yeah. case, worst case. Yeah. Worst case is he just had a career year. It was his best year. He's 29, right? Something like that? I think he's a lot younger than that. No, I believe he's 29. Really? In fact. Yeah, you should oh, probably look that up. I've been up. calling him young the whole time. No, here. I think he's about 29. I'm not going to look it up. anyway, cornerbacks can play into their 30s and play well. Sure. So it's not a huge deal. Um, but worst case is that he... Maybe Carolina made an assessment on him, and they were right, and that's why yeah. they didn't offer him that contract because they thought this guy's actually not that special. It just happened to be a systemic thing and a couple lucky plays. I mean, and it's maybe. not that it, he's not actually that special. And they have like an excellent scout of that type of thing, and his value got inflated by those plays, and he ends up just being a 50th percentile cornerback. So th- another thing that is known about Josh Norman is he is angry. Yes, he gets into fights with his own teammates. He gets into fights with the opposing wide receivers. Him and Steve Smith have had long, violent battles. Of course. Yeah, so I think that may have played into it a little bit for why Carolina decided to let him go. And maybe part of the worst-case scenario here, too, is that he actually gets into fistfights with his own teammates. Oh, yeah. That, I gets mean, suspended. Things like that really could be in play I didn't really him. take the off-the-field stuff into account. Yeah, no, because cool. I'm trying not to go to the, like, the super hardcore route. No, it's but cool. I could see him becoming a locker room distraction along with not playing that well. How about that? You know who was a serious worst case scenario? We already talked about him, Aaron Hernandez. Like you really <laughs> oh God, that's really like a real there. that's a real life worst case scenario. Yeah. That guy is a maniac. Yeah. And I mean that. Best case scenario for Josh Norman and the Washingtons. Um, I believe it is that he is the best cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. And, and that do he for shuts down their the other team's number one wide receiver every game. And their defense becomes incredible. It was already pretty good. Yeah. And now it's just the best. This number one defense in the NFL. And Kirk Cousins doesn't have to be Kirk Cousins from last year for them to be good. They make the playoffs and they're exceptional because Josh Norman is that last piece on that defense that makes it so they're basically impenetrable. Nice. All right. Last one. Chase Daniel signed with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. To uh, be what looks to be their third string quarterback. Ultimately, they had signed Sam Bradford to a deal. Right. And then they signed Chase, Chase Daniel to a three-year, $21 million deal to be the backup. But then the Eagles traded up and got the number two overall pick and took a quarterback who is certainly the guy they're trying to build around and be the guy. So 
Thoughts around this Chase Daniel signing, best case, worst case? That's a little bit of a convoluted one. Tough to, yeah. tough to know what you mean by best case, worst case. I don't case. even know what I mean. Best case for Chase Daniel or best case for the Eagles? You do it however you want. You're the drunk one. Let it, let it let it fly, buddy. Okay. Uh, best case for Chase Daniel yeah. is Sam Bradford sucks, which is very likely. Uh, okay. Other guy's not ready. Yeah. Chase Daniel gets to start week two. Okay. And he just crushes it, and he's an NFL superstar. Well, I mean, come on. That's, that's <laughs> too much. That's not that – okay. Be, well, okay. Give he's, us three standard deviations out only. All right. So he's, a, he's, not, he's a Marcus Mariota last year. Okay. So he's like a legit NFL starting quarterback with some maybe even more upside going on. Someone's yeah. going to want to trade for him or sign him or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worst case for him is he never gets on the field, and he plays out his contract. It's great. He got $21 million, but he ends up uh, just kind of floating around the league and never playing snaps. Is that the worst case in the NFL where this way you don't have to get hit at all and you get to collect lots of the big money? Maybe well, that's best case. Just I, putting it out there. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Oh, you were baiting me. You wanted, I wasn't. You wanted me to go that way. I, I had no plan. I see I no, no plan. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I can see now. I can see now where you were going with that. I'm just, I'm just talking, buddy. All right, just fine. Talks. All right, that's the end of second quarter. We're at halftime. Grant's going to drink a little bit more. We're going to come back and talk NBA coaching changes in quarter number three. We're back. Grant's a little bit drunker. Grant's about to crack open number seven. There it is. Man, oh, man, we just never stop drinking here on the Drunk Sports Podcast. That's some high audio quality beer cracking, I bet. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope. I think the sound is quite nice. Yeah, of course. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, what we're doing here in the third quarter. And All right, second half. This is where the champions are made. <laughs> you got that right, my man. This is uh, where we do who done good, who fucked up. That's a good name for a segment. It sure is. And uh, we're... whether or not it's a good segment, people will click on that segment if it was clickable. Yes, indeed. Unfortunately, That's... not cl- clickable. Only it's, listenable. It's a clickbaity segment, yeah. though, and I like yeah. that about it, for sure. Uh, so we're focusing on NBA coaching changes because, believe it or not, Grant, there were 10 NBA coaching changes in this offseason already. Did the Bulls fire Fred Hoiberg? They did not. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Bulls fan. Arguably one of the worst coaches in the league still around. Yep. But a lot of guys not. A lot of guys uh, on the chopping block or heads are currently in the basket underneath okay. the guillotine. So we're going to talk about some of these different guys, and you tell me. Uh, who done good, who fucked up. All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. Starting with the Orlando Magic. Okay, Stan Van Gundy. Uh, yeah, he's not there anymore. It's been a long time, actually. Yep. He's on the Detroit Pistons now. He, uh, <laughs> he once was, was. But the guy who, uh, who came in is uh, the recently fired coach of the Indiana Pacers, Frank Vogel. I think that's probably good. It seems good, right? Yeah, I mean, he had some success with the Pacers, right? Absolutely. And the Magic are, and that was when the Pacers were a young team. And they still are, but the Magic are a young team. Obviously, I guess they yeah. traded Oladipo for Ibaka, so that made them older. But their core is still a young core Absolutely. in general. So he might be a guy who's good with young cores. You He's know? also a defense-first guy. He did really well, I thought, with the Pacers. I'm shocked that Bird fired him. Shocked. Well, you know, you can't. You can't put a pin on a Larry Bird. He just does what he wants. You can't put a pin on him? Yeah, you, you don't know what he's going to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you pin him? Why would you put a you pin on like him? You know, like putting the pin the tail on the donkey? Oh, okay. If it was Larry Bird, it would be hard to pin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but it, because we know what the donkey's going to do, it's easy to pin the donkey. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Donkeys are stupid. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, the game as I I'm believe I'm going to take that stance on this podcast. Donkeys, Don- are, donkeys are not smart. So we've already lost like people who are really f- pro-Washington uh, sports name and also people who are pro-donkey intelligence. That's fine. Okay. I'm okay with lo- I'm losing I'm more concerned about people. losing the donkey intelligence people, personally. <laughs> okay. Is like the dolphin intelligence people, is there a contingent? I mean, let me just say this. Now, I don't want to go on a whole dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Back okay. to sports. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, another time maybe in the future. Okay. Um, here's another coaching change that happened. If you may recall, Kevin McHale was fired 11 games into the season for the Yeah, Houston that Rockets. was really weird. Shocking. Um, also, because Daryl Morey is the GM, he's like the stats guy who should know that 11 games in the season means absolutely nothing, and firing the coach probably ain't going to help. Sample size is part of stats, right? Yeah, I assume the owner made him do it. Yeah. But, of course, McHale had led the Rockets to the Western Conference Finals the year before. I mean, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. But here we are now, and they uh, did not keep their guy who was uh, J.B. Bickerstaff. They let him go. He's the interim coach. And they brought in, do you know who it is? Nope. Mike D'Antoni. That's interesting, I suppose. That is correct. So I don't see how that is a good fit at all because D'Antoni is universally known as as kind of a bad coach, right? Um, I would say he is universally known that way. However, this is his fourth head coaching gig somehow. So he's he's doing something right, I suppose, at he's, least within the political nature of, of NBA coaching. Maybe he just gives a killer he interview. Made, he made his name with the running gun Suns. Right. With the Steve Nash Suns where they were like running the floor all the time, shooting a ton of threes. That's not the Rockets at all. The James Harden Rockets are getting the half court, drive the hole, get fouled. That has nothing to do with what Mike, Mike D'Antoni does. I mean, in theory, they could try and run the ball more without Dwight Howard on the team. You know, that, yeah, that I harder. suppose he was probably an anchor for sure. Yeah, and but Harden is definitely a half court offense guy. He's I mean, not. He's. I mean, he can play in the open floor, yeah. but that's not really his thing. His thing is get get into a an ISO situation, drive the lane, get fouled, or get a get a layup. You yeah. know, sometimes hit a three. It's hard to argue that for sure. They. Uh, it's interesting to me. So yeah, the seven seconds or less era of the Suns really happened because they had some issues with their roster, and D'Antoni really wanted to start. Amari Stoudemire at the center position, but didn't think he could because no one was doing anything like that back in the day. Right, because he was a traditional power forward, right? Yes, and uh, Robert Sarver, the owner then and now of the Suns, met up with D'Antoni somewhere, you know, having a drink or something. He said, what is it that you want to do? Forget what you're supposed to do. What do you want to do? He's like, I want to start Amari. He's like, you got my blessing. And it really revitalized both the team as it made Steve Nash from what was considered to be a very good player to a two-time MVP. Amari also got very rich and was very, very good. There's a lot of parallels between Steve Nash and Steph Curry. I'm, I'm not huh. saying they're exactly the same, but it's kind of like very good player, then all of a sudden amazing player. Yeah. Right? I mean, you take a take the leap. The difference is yeah. that Steph Curry's system didn't change so much, right? Yeah. I guess he did get a new coach. Yeah, that so probably helped. He had like a green light to shoot from 28 feet, which he probably didn't have. I mean, before, Mark Jackson like is that. probably a really bad coach. Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, the moment Steve Kerr stepped into the uh, the Golden State Warriors. They're the best team on, in the league now. Like instantly, right? Yeah. And they've never been bad. Yeah. So there's something Instead going on there. Instead of perennial first round underdog. Yeah. But let's, let's talk a little more about Mike D'Antoni. So he went from the Suns. Then he coached the Knicks for a few years. That was a terrible failure. Sure, but the Knicks have been a terrible failure for a while. No question. You can't entirely blame Mike D'Antoni for that. Then he went and coached the Lakers for a few years when they were still like, people thought they were probably pretty good. That was the Dwight Howard year. Sure. And uh, they fired whoever their coach was. So I can't, oh, Mike Brown. 
And uh, they brought in D'Antoni when it looked like they were going to bring Phil Jackson back. And Phil Jackson supposedly made all these contract demands. Other people think it's just Jim Buss sort of waving his arms around and showing that he's the guy in control. And so he brought in D'Antoni. That was also a disaster. Well, again, they had Dwight Howard, so they couldn't really do the running gun offense. Also, Kobe Bryant, not good for the running gun offense. Yeah, I mean, not. I don't understand why this guy keeps getting hired. Now he's hired on the Rockets, and I agree. It doesn't seem like a perfect fit. The question is, is he more than the running gun offense? Because if he is, then what are we doing here for the Rockets? I think the Rockets fucked up. That's okay. my verdict. There you go. They Who fucked good? up. Yeah. They, they did not do good. Yeah. All right, moving on. Here's a little-known guy, first-time coach, Kenny Atkinson. Okay, don't know him. Do you know what team he's coaching? Nope. Didn't think so. He's uh, coaching the New-, New Jersey Nets. Okay, so um, he fucked up by taking that job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're going to be really bad for the next three years, for sure. For sure. Is they didn't even get Alan Crabb or what's, what's Tyler, Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Like those, they were so desperate that they offered huge contracts to Alan Crabb and Tyler Johnson, two guys who are maybe starters on a bad team. Tyler Johnson uh, reportedly broke into tears when he was actually offered when the contract was in front of him as he was signing it because he couldn't believe it was for so much money. I mean. Who ever heard of Tyler Johnson one year ago? It's insane. <laughs> like, come on. That's, that's how that, tall is Tyler Johnson? I don't know, six five probably. Oh really? That's all. Yeah, no, he's he's a, he's a two guard. Okay, he's like a legit two guard. Okay. All right. Here's another coaching change that's happened. The New York Knicks let go of interim coach Kurt Rambis. Okay, probably a good decision. Yes. Robles Volgaris says he's the worst coach in the league. Well, I trust that guy, yeah. Robles Volgaris. They signed uh, Jeff Hornacek, late of the Phoenix Suns, yeah. to be their new coach. And Phil Jackson has said they're not going to feature the triangle anymore, which is so sort of taking the reins off. I don't Hornacek believe anything Phil Jackson says. <laughs> that guy's full of shit. Really? Why? He always claims he's going to have less power, less control with the Knicks, and then yeah. he just. Still does. Okay. Where does he rank on greatest coaches of all time? Phil Jackson? Yeah. See, that is a very difficult question, especially for a Bulls fan, because I have some sentiment for for Phil Jackson. He won six championships with the Bulls. That's pretty great. Um, You know, the default answer is that he's great at managing superstars. He's not actually a great by-the-numbers coach. Right. So I don't know if that's true or not. So, I mean, if you just look at championships, of course, he ranks in, he's in the Mount Rushmore. I mean, he like, was won 11 titles. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's number one of all time for coaching, actually. Yeah. So that's fair. Like, yeah. But who knows if it's just good situations? But, like, maybe the management of superstars is actually that important because he was doing that with all of those titles. He had to manage yeah. Kobe and Shaq together. That's tough. That's not, a, that's not an easy job. I mean, it's not an easy job at the same point. The question really becomes, like, if we gave those teams and the Jordan Pippen teams to other coaches, would they have won as many titles, right? That's the real question. I honestly have no idea. It's hard to say, That's right? not something that's easily dissectable. Phil's never coached any team that didn't have superstars on it and multiple yeah. superstars that were contender level right away. But he basically always won the title almost every year he was coaching, too. Yeah. Right, like except the years Jordan wasn't around, and one or two of the Laker years, that was it. It's pretty. There's impressive. something impressive about what he's done, whether yes. whether it is the coaching, the superstar management, or the ability to finagle his way into these situations. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, one of those things is impressive, whichever it is. I mean. There's definitely guys who are good at developing young talent, and then there are guys who are really good at managing superstars and having the right system and catering to them. And Phil Jackson clearly is at least good at the latter, but maybe the former. We just don't know. It's hard to put him on saying he's the best coach of all time or in the top two or three without knowing if he can do any of the other things. This this speaks to the way that both you and I think, actually, Jonathan. Yeah. 
it, I would pick Greg Popovich over him in a heartbeat yes. just because he's like a by-the-numbers coach who really knows what he's doing, like really very much knows what he's doing. And Phil Jackson has not really proven that. He just keeps saying he loves the triangle so much. Like that, It's that's, brutal. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't – like Greg Popovich really understands the game in a way that I can see as, as a consumer of basketball. I understand that, and I see that, and I can't see that with Phil Jackson. Yeah, Phil Jackson uh, recently said, by the way, uh, the tr- reason why the triangle is not successful is because current NBA players do not have the skill set to run it, which would make me wonder why is he forced his coaches to run the triangle over the last few years? I is he saying that question. there's been a change in genetics? Like there's a genetic pool no. shift from the 90s to I now? He, I think he's saying there's a different uh, different focus. And like, so what kids are learning in college and what kids are focusing on is like shooting more threes and things like that as opposed to the skills okay. you would normally need. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's a genetic-based argument. All right, let's move on to some other coaching changes here. Nate McMillan joined the Pacers. Okay. What do you think? He was the assistant coach, right? Before I all cannot of the speak Pacers. To that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to think really. We are in Portland, Oregon, where he was the coach for a couple of years. And also a big time player. Yeah, that's true. And uh I, I always felt like he was a reasonably right. decent coach. Was but he a player here? I don't know. He was on the Sonics. Never mind. No. Moving on. He was he was, in, he was in the Northwest. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same Close thing. Close enough, right? <laughs> Go on. Um uh, I, I don't know if he's a – he's not an exceptional coach. I will say that. There, I know I don't think he's a bad coach. Probably. I could be wrong. It's possible that he is a bad coach. I will say he's not going to be like a top 10% coach. Is it possible you're prejudiced against bald coaches? Yes. Okay, because Rick Carlisle also no hair. Just saying. Did so, you talk about Rick Carlisle? No, but I noticed you didn't say anything, you know, good about him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I hate bald coaches. Okay, there it is, and it's out there. Bald players, though? I'm definitely all over. That. I love bald players. Here's a guy who's got hair. Scotty Brooks, you know, late of the Orlando Magic. Or sorry, of the Thunder what is from it, a like year five ago. Five years, thirty-five million. It's something like that. He joined the uh, Wizards. He's bad. <laughs> the Wizards <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, this is a terrible decision. They yeah. replaced Randy Whitman, who was doing a terrible job with a guy who was guaranteed to do a terrible job. I yep. think they brought in Scotty Brooks as a way to try and maybe be a lure for Kevin Durant because he had been coaching Durant. That's exactly what they were doing because because he's from D.C., right, Durant? Yeah. So that's that was the whole plan. The thing is that I wonder about is this. If Durant loved Scotty Brooks so much, how could he have ever been fired in OKC? Like, if Durant wanted him to stay, he would have stayed, right? Durant doesn't have a voice like LeBron has a voice yeah, maybe as far right. as, as team team management goes. That's you know, possible. That's, I mean, with Scott Brooks, that's, that's just a terrible hire. Like, <laughs> I mean, All right. Like, they fucked up. And I got to say, I think that they're <laughs> – that's one of the potential best backcourts in the NBA with John Wall and Bradley Beal. They're both yeah. still young. I think that's going to be squandered. I think that – not entirely squandered, but, you know – I think that it could easily be argued that those two guys are way more talented than Lillard and McCollum, for example. Hmm. But Lillard and McCollum are going to put up way better numbers. Yeah. Because they're in a better situation. And see more success, probably, ultimately. Even though they're in a tougher conference, I still think they're going to see more success. So I agree with you. That said, John Wall, criminally underrated all the time. Oh, he's great. He's so good. Yep. All right. I'll give you a few more here. Tom Thibodeau. Late of your Chicago Bulls. Oh, the Timberwolves fucking nailed this. There you go. They've done good. This, I mean... Thibodeau is known as, you know, a backbreaker as a coach. Yeah. But that's okay if the team is very young, like the Timberwolves are, I why, think. Why is that okay? It's better for that than for the vet, for a okay. veteran team, is right. what I mean. Because the veterans are more likely to rebel, and the kids yeah. don't know that they can push back as much. Or... Yeah, that, and also it might be what they need in some ways, some of the time. Isn't he the guy, though, who, like, overemphasizes defense, like, plays guys way too many minutes, things yes. like that? Yes, he's not perfect, yeah. that's for sure, but... 
everybody knows he's a great coach, right? He, yeah, no one really dis- disputes yeah, that. He is a great coach, and now he's got Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine and that young core. And the Timberwolves are very interesting, hey, not not only because of their players, but also because Tom Thibodeau is going to be a really good person to coach that team. They added Chris Dunn as well in the draft. The number oh, five yeah, pick. that's right. I, I think tearing up Summer League. I really... I'm terrified of the Timberwolves. In the like, I think they're going to be a great, great team. Yeah, they got a chance. Uh, th- they make the playoffs this year. I th- I would bet they would make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So maybe squeak in. All right. Uh, let me give you one or two more, and then we'll be done with this segment. All right. Dave Yorger joins the Kings. You know who that is? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Former he, Memphis Grizzlies. Right. Coach. They fired him. Sort of surprised. I think it's Jaeger. I think it's just Jaeger. Jaeger. Actually, they fired him, but they uh, they fired him supposedly because he made some contract demands that they didn't like or something. No, he asked to interview with another team apparently for the second time in two years is what it was. I remember. And they were yeah. like, forget it. You're gone. We're out. Well, he did manage to make a very unsexy looking Memphis team pretty relevant for the past couple of years. But not sexy. Not sexy. There was no miniskirts on that Memphis team. I'll Mark right Gasol now. does not look good in a skirt. No. Sorry. Or, or just, you know, like a tiara. Which does it for me most of the time. Tiara? Yeah. Tiara. Yeah, Tiara. Okay. Is that crazy? No, it's a, it's I don't think there's anything weird about that. No, it's fine. Keep yeah. going. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have two more. Dave Fisdale took over. Don't know who that is. He's the. I think he was the assistant coach in Memphis. Now he's the head coach in Memphis. Okay. Anything you want to say about that? Uh, Memphis will never win a championship while Mike Conley is at Memphis. It seems likely. I, Mike Conley, I think, is a really good player, but they committed so many resources to Mike Conley and Chandler Parsons, who are two good players. Yeah. But they have no chance to ever be the best team in the league. They need, you know, a number one. They need yeah. a guy who's a top 10 player, and then you could have Conley and Parsons, and you might be a great team, right? Like, and, and these are two guys whose upside has been seen, right? It's not like. Yeah. It's not like Harrison Barnes where it's like maybe he is actually really great. You know, in that 1% of times that Harrison Barnes becomes a superstar, Conley and, and Parsons are already past that. Like there's no 1% of times. There's 0% of times. Yeah, I think that's yeah. correct. I mean, Conley's never made the all-star team. He can't be a superstar and never make the all-star team. It's impossible. Parsons, it was pretty good when he was healthy this year and, uh, and a few years ago, but gets hurt all the time and can't play defense and got yeah. some problems. Okay. Uh, finally, last one I saved. I don't know. Is this the best for last? You tell me. The Los Angeles Lakers signed Luke Walton. That is the best for last. It's pretty good, right? I, I mean, obviously, they done good here, right? Like, I don't know for sure if it's systemic or if it has anything to do with Luke Walton. But when Steve Kerr had his back injury and Luke Walton coached for almost half the season, he was really good. He was as good as Steve Kerr. Right? I mean, the team was as good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Record-wise, yeah, we don't really know how good a coach. Of course, is, I guess that but is that is fair. But he he had team, to make on-court adjustments that Steve Kerr wasn't there yeah. to make. You know, he he had to do all the on-court stuff. They had a better regular season record percentage-wise with Luke Walton than they did with Steve Kerr this year. I know that. Right. Of course, that's you know that, that's just not a very good stat. But that's correct. It's a small and, sample size and yeah. not that meaningful in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it's <laughs> not like there was a huge drop-off or like any clear indication that he was worse than Steve Kerr. Correct. Who is clearly better than Mark Jackson, right? Yes. And the Lakers just fired Byron Scott, who is complete garbage as a coach. <laughs> so I think this is a pretty good upgrade. Like yeah. I, I, I don't see how this could possibly be bad. Right. It's sort of like Byron Scott was so bad. It's okay no matter what happens here. Yeah. Right. The question is, can Luke Walton actually develop these young guys? Because he was p- playing the sort of the Phil Jackson role, yeah. seemingly really well, as best as we could tell for the half of the season he coached, where they went undefeated for like the first 27 games, 29 games, something like that, and had an awesome record. But 
those guys were already fully formed, right? This yeah. is an inchoate Laker team. Yeah, can you make D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, and Brandon Ingram work together? That basically? is the question, and like and grow as players, so that way they aren't just big-time prospects. Randle, not so much a prospect the way those others two are, but actually become stars, true stars. Yeah, I and, agree. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is really on the coach anyway. Like, the, that's, the players have to do it, but can he be the guy who really adds to the thing? As we end this segment, I would like to open my last beer Fantastic. for now, but there will be more. <laughs> Number eight? Number eight. Sweet. All right, let's end the segment. It's time for everybody's favorite time. It's Let the Drunk Fix It. And he's getting drunker all the time, people. It's Grant Dennison. That's beer number nine? Number nine. Oh, now the record, I'm just going to point this out, was last week's podcast, which you hit 10 beers. Yeah, I mean, but that's a record out of two. And we okay. often talk about sample size here. Right. That was, that's a small sample size. Hey, you know what? What? I got a side thing that's going to happen oh, right now. God. Before Let the Drunk Fix It, I forgot about something last time. You did. Which was who done good, who fucked up. Yeah. And I realized somebody fucked up in a way that's hilarious. <laughs> Okay. And I forgot to mention it. And that's Russell Wilson, the fakest human in the NFL, maybe. I know. Uh, uh, the fakest, most public human in the NFL, I suppose. A poster just come just came out. It's called, like, Armed and Danger Us. With, Russ. Like, Danger Russ. Russ. Yeah. And it's just the most ridiculous poster in the world. The Ringer has an article about it. You guys should check that out. Russell Wilson made... The worst poster since 1985, I think, in the NFL, probably. And it's just so bad. And it just shows that Russell Wilson is very clueless. You should check it out because it's hilarious. He's and got he, a ripped shirt. He's uh, got... It's, it's like a, an army-themed yeah, thing. He has, like, yeah. different footballs named different things, like Touchdown Seeker and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> like, it's really bad. I mean, if you're 11, you might be into it, though, right? Yeah, that's, I guess. That's probably the deal. I guess. But it's just... It's, I don't understand. It's horrible. Okay. So, anyway, let's, let's get into the new segment. Good, because we got some problems for the drunk to fix this okay. week. All right. I was going to start with something else, but big news. Yesterday, the day before, Draymond Green sent a Snapchat of his penis to the world. He did. This happened. Okay. And he at first claimed his Snapchat was hacked, but then later in the day acknowledged that that was not the case, and he accidentally sent it to everyone instead of just to apparently one person. Okay. So um, he's been since, by the way, been offered $100,000 to do a porno. <laughs> this is true. So I assume it was a nice penis. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, 100000 for a guy like Draymond Green who makes like $18 million That's a year. That's true. Maybe, that, maybe he feels like they didn't really like it very much. But the question is, as the uh, drunk over there, how are you going to fix this PR problem for Dre? If I am Draymond Green, Green's PR guy? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, Draymond's a young guy. He's, he's living life. He's an NBA player. He's had so much success so quickly. Yeah. He, I mean, he made a technical mistake, right? He was just trying to send it to one person. He, was and he, he wasn't even texting it or, or doing it in Tinder or something where it stays forever. It's Snapchat where it's like they get it for 10 seconds and it's gone, right? I mean, can't you make it now so snap, you keep the Snapchats forever? Yeah, I'm sure you can, yeah. but Draymond Green might not know that. Let's assume that. Let's assume that he's ignorant of that fact. Okay. And he was just trying to, to show a young lady or an old lady. I don't know. I don't Why know does it have to be a lady? Or Why man, are you so sure it's a lady? Or a man that he cares about them <laughs> and he found a way to show visually that he cares and people say a picture's worth a thousand words yeah so think of like a really nice soliloquy <laughs> a really long soliloquy yeah like a really long one and not and that this is better so you know i think i think the 
I think I just solved it. You know, somebody just <laughs> Draymond Green's PR person just take a recording of what I just said and put it everywhere. Yeah, and everybody will understand and think that he's a great guy who's just looking for love. Yeah, he could have just sent like a heart emoji, but he went. I mean, I'm sure there were other emojis that were sent. I'm not. This was probably not the only sent thing. That's a great point. Actually, this could might be dick pic number. You know. Seven, eight, nine. So we don't know. As an aside, isn't yeah. it kind of interesting that athletes ever send dick pics? Can't they just get whatever they want based from people who would respond to a dick pic? Yeah. For, based on their fame alone, based on like knowing who they are? Well, I'm assuming... He, I guess I could be very wrong. I was assuming he was sending it to someone who knew him and he knew. And he was like, hey... This is what you're not. Hey, we've been friends for seven years. We've had that will they, won't they thing going on for so long. We're like Jim and Pam. (laughs) Here's my dick. (laughs) It's like Harry Met Sally kind of a thing. Absolutely, you know. I mean, maybe he sent a picture of Billy Crystal's dick. You know. I mean, that. (laughs) How did he get that picture of Billy Crystal's dick? Is the next question I have. Well, that might be the illegal part here. Okay, so let's not get into that because I don't want to be implicated. No, you might be implicated. I'm not saying. That I'm not Draymond Green's PR guy. Yeah, that's true. I'm just saying that if I were, yeah, I would say those things that okay. I already said. Very nice. I think. Like, so I think, I think you I solved that it. one. Did I fix it? I think that's the best solve you've had so far. <laughs> okay, recall, in earlier episodes, you wanted to burn down Barclays Stadium for the for that, the that insurance money. I, I still advocate for that. That's a yeah. good fix. You wanted to cut uh, Boogie Cousins just clean from the Kings, right? right yeah, to show prowess. <laughs> <laughs> to show you weren't messing around, I think is what you said. So this this is the best one so far. Nice job. All right, I got another uh, dilemma, another sporting dilemma for okay. you. Okay, two more actually. These are both from the world of the NFL, the National Football League. Antonio okay. Brown is currently in the fifth year of a six-year, forty-three million dollar deal he signed. What a deal! Yeah, he uh, the last two years he has an NFL record two hundred and sixty-five receptions. We know he's universally thought of as the best receiver in the league. I would say. I, I mean, a top three receiver in the league. Obviously, he's, he's a very he's a, he's at least in the conversation. We can't yeah. say for sure he's the best. Okay, but he's, but gr- he's great. I, there's a reasonable argument made for Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and the only other guy you could ever talk about would be Antonio Brown. All DeAndre three of them are reasonable. I don't think people. Maybe, maybe De- Okay, fine. Top five, whatever. Yeah. But if someone said he's the best receiver in the league, no one would say, you're crazy, No, of course. Man. Of course not. Okay. So he's got two more years on this deal. He says he deserves a new deal from the Steelers. He actually says if management doesn't like players, they cut them loose, so they should reward the players who do so well. What are your thoughts? What should we do about Antonio Brown? If we're the Steelers? Sure. If we're the Steelers. Yeah. Okay, because this is a... Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's who it's a problem for is the Steelers. Right. I think we need to just give him what he wants. Oh, okay. I think he's he is excellent. He's really good. He's still young enough that he has plenty of years left in his prime. He he can be productive for you for a long time. I think we got to give him some money. I think uh, I understand that this is setting a bad precedent. I know that's probably where you're going to go. I wasn't, but I think that's a great point, and I wish I yeah. was the, was going to go there. Yeah, but I mean. For a person who has outperformed his contract to such an extent like Antonio Brown has, I think it's legit for him to ask for that. Mm. And as a Steelers organization, I think maybe we should reward that. I would like to point out one thing from the Steelers' point of view. When they signed Antonio Brown to this deal, Antonio Brown was basically the number three wide receiver on the team. Mike Wallace was still on this team. 
and he had ju- they just decided to let him Plaxico go. Plaxico Burris, was he still there? Maybe he was. Maybe he was the number two wide receiver on the team. But they basically chose Antonio Brown over Mike Wallace before Antonio Brown had ever put up any real numbers, and they gave him a deal that was, at the time anyway, really an extraordinary deal for a wide receiver. His so they saw his sign. talent. They knew. Yeah. They like invested in him and said, so we believe in So they should be rewarded you. for seeing that before other people saw it. One could argue they already have been rewarded because he's been so good, but one could also argue they're supposed to be rewarded for two more years. As the Steelers, I can't be mad at Antonio Brown for asking for this. I'll yeah. say that to start. Like, I don't think he's being unreasonable. Right. I think if we want to keep Antonio Brown, which I think we do. We do. Because our second receiver right now is Marcus Wheaton. Yeah. That's not good. No. I think we just got to we gotta at least come to the table with him. Okay. Maybe not give him exactly the numbers that he asked for, but I think it's time to, to lock this. He's the face of the Steelers besides Ben Roethlisberger, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I would, oh, I guess Le'Veon Bell. I don't Le'Veon know. Le'Veon Bell. I, yeah, they have a lot of good, really good offensive players. Yeah, wow, do. what an offense! But it's, I, th- I think we have to come to the table with him. I don't think we can just shut him out and and say no, even though I know it's not within really his rights to ask for this. But it's understandable based on the the culture of contracts with receivers in the NFL right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, also to sign a six year deal, you're often are going to get injured in such a way that it's hard to get another deal, even though he's healthy right now. And he's, he's got two more years to go. And the NFL yeah. is not kind to young men's bodies. Or uh, old men's obviously, bodies. now we talked about that on Drunk Sports Episode 2. We did. Yes. There's a link to that right here. Evan, just click it. Click it on yeah. the vi- <laughs> the visual? Yeah. Good. Thanks. So um, how much are you going to offer Antonio Brown? Let's say he comes to the table. is like, thank you for meeting with me. What's your offer? Give me some context. Like, how, okay. how much do, do top receivers make? Well, everything's in flux right now, but the really big-time players are making... I don't know about the receivers so much, but I'm thinking just sort of like top-drawer players. Some defensive player just signed a huge deal that was something like $65 million guaranteed over... And it's like a five-year, $100 million deal, something like that. So some something in that neighborhood, I think, is a... You know, like the average quarterback makes $20 million a year. Antonio Brown is arguably the best skill position player in the NBA, uh, the NFL, maybe the NBA as well. He would be a really good shooting guard. Also, very good looking man, maybe a movie star in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say. Uh, so would you offer him, I don't know, three years, 75 million with like 45 of it guaranteed? Would that you seems do that? crazy high for the NFL. Okay. But I guess three years, 60 million with 40 guaranteed. Yeah. Would you do that? Something like that. Okay, I mean that's a major raise for him. He's making about seven million now. So. Yeah, I think I would do that. He'd probably just you know be happy to tear up the last few years of his deal and get all that extra money. I think he'd be pretty pleased yeah. with that. It doesn't sound crazy, but yeah. it does. It does set a bad precedent, as you mentioned. I yeah, I don't. What like about the, I don't like the precedent it sets. What but, about when Le'Veon comes to the table, you know, after having a monster year this year, and says, "Okay, my turn. What are you supposed to do?" Well, that's a that's a really good point. However, I would say that Antonio Brown is. An exceptional example of this situation because he has so outperformed his contract. Yeah. I'm not the other players might try to leverage that and say that they have as well, but you can point to statistical increases that are so clear for Antonio Brown versus those players. Right. But if you have a player who's a star for you, who's outperforming his contract, even if he's not done it to the degree that Antonio Brown has, you're going to say, yeah, 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 you're pretty good, but see, you're not as good as this guy. And that's why he gets the money and you don't. You wouldn't say that's your star, that you're going to piss him off. No, I just tell him to fuck off. Okay. That's that's, you only, might as well just. That's the only right two words it. I would have said. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how, that's how the king should do it with DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, it does bring up a. <laughs> It does bring up, though, an interesting question about that, that NFL teams have as an issue. And this is starting to become the, the case for NBA teams, too, um, where you can 
tear up and redo deals after a certain amount of years. Yeah. Jay Crowder's already talking about doing that with the Celtics. He's got two more years before he's allowed to renegotiate his deal, but he's actually four more years on his deal. So like, but he's saying, yeah, hopefully in two years they'll tear it up and give me more money. And I'm thinking, why should the Celtics do that? The whole point is they have this great deal. Like if you're an NFL team and you, you're investing and you're thinking about not just one player, but 53 players, and you've got budgets you know, for everything, like giving a guy a lot more money than you have to give him can screw up the rest of your team and the balance of money and stuff, salary and like. I agree with that. And it's, it's a tough line to walk because Antonio Brown is cl- clearly a special player. We're talking yeah. about him as likely the best receiver in the NFL. Right. Right. So that's different than some guy who's like, I'm average. So, you know, it's hard to find the average starting running back in the NFL, but I'm exactly average. So you should give me money. I hear you. But every year there's a there's a number of NFL players who are really, really good. Sometimes out of nowhere. Josh Norman's actually kind of a good example of this. Right. And suddenly they want to get paid like they're superstars. And they were superstars that year. You know? Yeah. So, like, what are you supposed but to Antonio do? But Antonio Brown's done it for many years. He has. He has. He has. And so I think you, for a guy like that, you pay him. I will say, by the way, I don't think Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league. I think he's the best fantasy receiver in the league. You think think, uh, Julio Jones? I think it's got to be Julio. You agree? It's either Julio or Dell. I, I would yeah. say those guys clearly have more talent than than Antonio. Although obviously Antonio's awesome. Yeah, but Odell think, Odell has the most talent in the league, right? I mean, probably. I don't know. It's hard to know. Their their gloves are really sticky. That is true. Yeah, they're very sticky gloves. Yeah, those that catches helps. aren't really contextually known to the public as as how easy that was for him. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's not easy, but easier than it looked. Yeah. All right. Uh, finally. Last problem for the drunk to solve. No, I want the podcast to go on forever. I know. But here you go. You're the New Orleans Saints front office. I don't want to be that. No, yeah, you do. You do. Okay. See? That's easy. Drew Brees is your quarterback. Or is he? Because he's on his last year of his deal. He's getting $20 million. He's going to be a free agent. And uh, he's 37 years old. He's finishing a five-year, $100 million deal. And you guys haven't spoken about a contract in three months. What are you going to do about Drew Brees? When is when is the time that I have until I have to negotiate this contract? I'm actually kind of questioning my own thing I just brought up here. I kind of think Drew Brees might be a free agent right now. But if he was, no, people would have been trying to sign him. No, this must be his last year. We haven't heard about anything at all about him leaving. So. Well, if you're wrong, that's really bad for drunk sports. I know. I did a little research, not a lot. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from okay, me? Okay, so let's, let's put this hypothetical world into existence, whether or not it's real. Maybe our uh, research assistant can look this up for us. I don't think Drew so. Is, uh, I think the reason free agent right is now pretty. <laughs> Drew, you know, I remember Drew Brees is definitely not a free agent. Okay, he's not. So this is his last year. He's getting twenty million. You guys haven't talked contract in three months, and if you don't sign him to a deal right now, meaning sometime this year, let's say you have all season, but this year it's very reasonable he might decide to go somewhere else. But he'll be thirty-eight. The Saints weren't very good last year. In fact, they were no. terrible. Right. So. If if they were great, I would say maybe you try to lock him up for his last years of his his NFL career. But it, it would be nice to know what the timeline is here and how much time I have before I have to negotiate contract. Because if I can wait till I know how good the Saints are this year, then that really helps me because I can understand if the team is really working together and Drew Brees is a big part of that. Okay. Then maybe I want to keep him. Let's right? say Drew Brees. This is since you guys haven't spoken in three months. It wouldn't be crazy to think Drew Brees has basically passed a message to you guys that says, "If we don't have a deal on the table um, before the first regular season game, I'm not signing with you during the regular season. I'm going to be a free agent." That's the, like a lot of players make that exact ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, what what type of deal are we looking at? Well. 
he was making twenty million a year, and now like really bad quarterbacks, like Brock Osweiler, makes like seventeen million a year. So, so I would guess like twenty five or yeah, something? I think it's between twenty four and twenty five million, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you, I think the honest answer has less to do with football and more to do with team revenue. I think you re-sign him because the the. Saints fan base loves him so much. He I think is. you make a lot more money through merchandise and ticket sales mm. if he's on the team. He is definitely the face of the franchise. Our trusty research assistant, Lauren, just passed me this uh, note that says, well, another problem for the Saints is that Breeze's cap number this year is $30 million, not 20 because of the signing bonus and the way it all came down. And so he's accounting for almost 20% of the team's overall cap space. And so if they can make a deal with him now then they can change some of the economics of this and be able to sign other players, give them more money, things like that. Well, then I think you absolutely do it. Okay. Be- because not only that, but, but the whole fan base thing that I was just talking about, right. where you, you get to keep the fan base happy. It's good for merchandise. It's good for everything financially for the team. He's everybody's, I mean, not everybody's, but he's the most popular Saints player. Oh, by, yeah, for by sure. Far. For sure. You know, and, that, and that's a team that has a lot of traction, even nationally, not just regionally. You know, so that that's important to them. <laughs> yeah. What was that word you just said? Not nationally, but what? Not just regionally. Regionally. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I maybe I didn't say that. Perfectly. I don't know if it came out so clearly. Yeah. I thought I was I was enjoying your drunkenness. Um, okay. So how many years are you giving Drew Brees? How much guaranteed money are you giving him? Then he's thirty-seven. Two years, forty million. It's not going to do it. I'll just tell you right now. Guaranteed he forty do, million. He can do better. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess. He can go fuck him. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's going to want at least like 50, 55 million guaranteed, I think. And, okay. uh, at least a three or four year deal. He's like Robert Downey Jr. all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Robert, that's one Iron Man movie for Robert Downey, one <laughs> yeah. Avengers movie. Drew Brees, it's like four years of getting hit really hard at age 38, you know? It's like way better to be Robert Downey Jr. Oh, obviously. I mean, but everyone, Iron Man takes some hits, though. Everyone wants to be Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> let's be honest. And there's kind of no better gig in the world these days, right? Yeah. You be in twelve minutes of a movie, make fifty million dollars. Oh man, pretty good deal. Yeah, that guy used to struggle. Also sports related. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, he was in that sports movie. Remember? Nah, maybe the, the one about sports. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Probably one of them had some sports in it of some sort. Okay, so you would not resign Drew Brees at those kinds of numbers. You let him go. Uh, I think I still would. I'd be upset. I think I you would. probably have to. Yeah, I'd be upset, but I would. Yeah. So you basically just have to give the money to all these guys. To it sucks, though, because as the Saints, it's kind of – it's really – like you don't give yourself much of a chance to win the championship anywhere from the three to ten years from now, Mark, unless you draft incredibly well. Yeah. Right? Like you're you're locking yourself into this old guy who's probably not going to win you the championship because no. there's other teams that are way better than your team. <laughs> So, I mean, that's an obvious reason. <laughs> he, did, he did win you a championship once, and he has kept you relevant all these years, which is cool. But I will say this. Tom Brady, by virtue of being married to a ultra-rich supermodel who makes a lot more money than he does, make Giselle Bunchen makes something like 70 to $100 million a year, I think. Uh, Brady takes a lot lower salary than any other elite quarterback. Brady made something like $8 million last year. Oh, really? Yeah, when everyone else is making between 18 and 20. And I think even there... Even when they, you know, give them extensions, it's like twelve million is the next year. You know, it's like it's always less, and always giving the Patriots more Patriots room to do so stuff. Patriots are so lucky. Yeah, they lucked into him so many different ways, so many different ways. So we'd like to thank Giselle for choosing Tom, <laughs> yeah, staying with him. That's fantastic. Yeah, congratulations, Patriots fans. Yeah, good job, Patriots. Yeah, whatever, Patriots fans. Whatever. Anyway, I, you know, I think 
You do, as the Saints, have to sign Drew Brees. Yes. We're not on a first-name basis. I'm not going to pretend. Okay. But it does kind of suck because he's not the guy. who he, he, he won a championship for you once, like you said, but it's over. He's not going to do it again. He's still very good, though, he isn't is. he? So he is. maybe you get the NFL, though, teams suddenly like get better. Like it happened with the yeah. Panthers. Like, you know, one player suddenly, well, a young kid gets better. You bring in a free agent who's a little better than you expected. The coaching changes something, and suddenly, bam. Also, small sample size. It's only 16 games. Suddenly, you win 11 games, and you're, you're relevant. Yeah, maybe so. It happens. The Broncos won the title last year. Now, the Broncos have been good for a while, but they did it without a quarterback at all. You know, and they have an incredible defense. Incredible. Insanely good. Yeah. Yeah. Von Miller. Yeah. It's all Von Miller. Really. I mean, that, that defense rivals the 2014 Seahawks defense, right? Um, I wouldn't have said that before the playoffs started, but now it feels like, yes, the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Are the Seahawks going to be any good this year? Yeah. I guess they're always good. Yeah. How, 12 yeah. wins. How, how? When did they get knocked out in the playoffs? Was it the uh, Was the finals? The it was, they, they got crushed by Carolina. Oh, they did. It was the first round, right? Yeah. Second round. Second, Second round, yeah. yeah. But they're, yeah. The Carolina's first game. They yeah. just destroyed They got just That's destroyed. That's right. And we thought, oh, Carolina's for real. Yeah. Yeah. And then Carolina played Green Bay, maybe? I'm the drunk no? one. You should know this. I don't remember. I'm told it's not Green Bay. The Cardinals. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they blew up the Cardinals, too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So they just had an easy walk, and then they couldn't score against the Broncos like the Patriots couldn't either. It was sad for everyone. Yep. How could, how could Peyton get one more title? It doesn't seem right. It seems right, considering how good his career was and how few titles he had. Yeah, well, maybe that's, you I know. mean, everybody would, would not sleep well if Eli had more titles than Peyton, right? Like, <laughs> I was going to sleep great. And no, so would Eli. I was sleeping very poorly. <laughs> until, Fits and starts the yeah, whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling around, yeah. Anyway, um, if you guys take one thing from this podcast, yeah. it's look up that Russell Wilson poster and make fun of it. Okay. <laughs> because it's terrible. All right, I think we're going to take off here. Uh, our Twitter handle, currently anyway, is uh, Pod Drunk Sports. It may change in the near future. That's but a terrible Twitter we're, handle. We're, we're hoping it's so cha- bad. Probably going to change it, but right now yeah. it's still Pod Drunk Sports. So you can tweet at us. You can follow us. We're going to be you know, taking your suggestions and letting you know when the show's up and things like that. See you next Tuesday.